0: Welcome to the Steadfast Carlsbad podcast. This morning's message was taken out of our 10 a.m. service. Let's jump right in and we hope you're encouraged. Thanks for tuning in. So we're in James, we're in chapter three. Uh, the name of the series is Tried and True. Again, James, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote this letter um, to the church, which was the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Jewish audience, early church, going through persecution. He himself died a martyr, and uh, and as he was dying, was praying for those who were killing him, which is uh, very much in line with Jesus and what we saw uh, in the life of Stephen and beyond. So Holy Spirit, dude, became a Christian after Jesus rose from the dead, which is really interesting. Um, but uh, this book is, is heavy. It's weighty. It's about letting your actions match your words, letting your life match what you say you believe. And so uh, it's been really good so far. I will tell you right now, this text is so convicting. Um, And I had to do it first. You get to do it now. But uh, we're going to be talking about the power of the tongue. So if you'll stand, let's read together. Uh, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. My brethren... "'Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires.'" For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this text this morning. Uh, As always, we want to give you access, you know, to our hearts, our minds, our lips, our this life that you have so generously paid for, that you've, you've redeemed us, and it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. And the purpose is to honor and glorify you, but in doing so, we become free from all the, all the baggage and junk of this world. So Lord, help us to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Fill us with your spirit that we could understand what you want us to understand and be renewed and made, made new, um, and uh, that we would partake in a new, fully transformed body, mind, and soul, Lord, and that that would be illustrated and, and uh, shown through the way we talk, through what we say, through how we use our members for good or for evil, Lord. So help us, God. We need your help. Um, convict us where we need to be convicted. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys may be seated. So uh, most recently, we've been looking at hypocrisy in the church. Um, James addresses being doers, not just hearers of the word. He's been addressing um, favoritism. Rich man comes in with his fancy, shining clothes, and then a poor man. And you treat the rich guy. Here's the good seat, and the poor, you're like sit by my foot, whatever. And 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 we're not even. What's interesting is the 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 rich guy's not even a Christian, and he's the guy, same guy that's dragging you into the courts and all this and that. And so he's basically saying, you shouldn't have favoritism. Don't be looking, the idea is, is all throughout James is don't judge things like the world judges things. Don't see it the way the world sees it. Don't be sucked into the subtle norms that really aren't. They're completely outside of biblical, uh, biblical truth and what we're called to do. But it's, it's especially when it's culturally acceptable, it's easy to go that way. So that's what the word of God is so good at doing, bringing us back. When we look at it in its context, with its proper meaning, and we don't like sugarcoat and round off the edges of every message, take the teeth out of it. We look at our own hearts and we go, where am I off? And that's where we get to be like David in the Psalms, search me and know me, Lord. So verse one, my brethren... So to Christians, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Uh, the word for stricter is actually loud. So you can kind of picture it like this. Those of you who are seeking a loud ministry, you're gonna get a louder judgment. Those of you who are using your words a lot, and, and part of it was there was a power attributed with those who had, would take in a teaching position. So he's like, don't, don't, Try and force yourself into that position and put yourself in the place where you're talking, knowing that the way that you handle the, the truth and the word is going to be uh, judged. This is the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. <laughs> like, and this is the kind of thing where you're going like, oh, that's really a hard one to talk. I don't want to say what it really says because it's going to be like, ah, it's tough. But this is where you go, who cares? Rather be judged by you than by God. Like, what is he? And, and by the way, if God says it, if this is something that he's speaking to and he values, man, there's, there's, there's a reason for me to listen because I believe he's good, because I believe he loves me, Be, because I believe he cares. You know, you're telling your kids you can't have sugar every day, you can't have candy bars for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What a mean parent, you know? And then there's the meltdown by like two o'clock, you know, if that's all that they're eating. You find that out when you go like to a sleepover or whatever, and then it's like, do whatever you want, whatever. And you're you're like, I want to go home, and I want to sleep, and I need help. You know, like about to cry, you know? Like, I need help, and think I need a vegetable, you know? Because <laughs> you feel like this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And so parents, it's like, our job is, do we love, it's like, I'm going to make you eat vegetables, because I had to. This is going to be so awesome, you know? I'm not going to let you cross the street, because I couldn't, you know? Why not? No, because you're going to get hit by a car if you don't know how to do it. Why? Because we care about what you eat, because I think nutrition matters, and I want your brain to be functioning and doing as well as you can. Why do we teach you these things or keep you away from these things or steer you away from these friends or have rules and regulations? Why? Not because we love all of these things, but because we're looking out for the better for you. Now, that's limited, and we make mistakes all the time as parents. But God is, he's not limited. Oh, my. I didn't know. That's new. Yeah. Stop. It says, it says, I did did not even have, no, I had Siri on this. It says, when teens hear their parents set rules. There's websites for that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Stop doing that, Siri. Okay. All right. So, moving on. God's not limited. His, his, his judgment is pure. He knows, knows you. Again, remember, we're his workmanship, we're his poema, we're his masterpiece created for good works. He knows you. He knows what you're made for. So don't kick against the goads like Paul or Saul back then. God, if you're leading me into something, I wanna hear it, okay? So there's a stricter judgment or a louder judgment to those seeking after the teaching position. James is including himself in this. So like I said, the, the, the title of this message is The Power of the Tongue. So we're gonna look at four things that the, tongue, uh, the power of the tongue will affect. One, the tongue can result in receiving a stricter judgment. What is said, and the more often it's said, is not going to be without account, God knows, God sees. Do we manipulate, do we lie, do we self-promote? Do we choose gossip? God knows, God sees. Especially in those in teaching positions, we'll get into that more in a second, but the tongue is unbelievably powerful. Verse two, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. I just want by show of hands, who throughout their life has been able to tame their tongue their whole life? Okay, all right. So zero, right? How about this week, you know? <laughs> today, uh, like I haven't talked to anyone yet, so we're good. Um, so we all stumble in many things. The word for stumble is not to fall away like completely, but to be tripped up. And that's something that we have to learn how to do all the time. You say stuff, it hurts someone. You say stuff and it, you don't think it through or you kind of you know, repeat a lie or something like that or repeat gossip. Uh, you know, the one that, that stops those kind of things right in their tracks is the person who says, really, let's go talk to them about it. Hey, did you hear that this person is, did you hear... What is going on over there? And you're like, oh, no way. He's right there. Let's go. Uh, No, uh," you know, that's a good way to stop it. It's also a good way for no one ever to tell you anything ever again. (laughs) But which is best? Yes, Sherry, you're correct. But if we don't stumble in word, and the word for word is actually also message. He's a perfect man, which is word for perfect, as we should know by now, is mature. Man, uh, also able to bridle the whole body. The tongue is like the micro. It, it, it's the it's the body. In there. It's it's it's. Well, you want to know what's inside? Right there. That's it. What comes out of your mouth? We got some verses for that. As a as man, we aren't going to be able to pull this off. The idea is in the flesh, you're never gonna be perfect and mature in the tongue. It's gonna gonna be a vulnerable place because it's where our weakest point comes out. You're gonna say something at some point because we're boiling pots. Like it's just gotta come out at some point and you're gonna, some poor victim is gonna hear it all. Verse three, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are, so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So indeed, or look, see, and James is beautifully illustrating this. He's giving illustrations that we can understand and think through bits in horses' mouths. You stand next to a horse, you go, Man, horses are big, real big. Like, they're, they're just like, their legs are huge and their veins popping out. And they're just like, you're a monster. You know, it's like, and people are like, I love horses. And you're like, this thing? This thing's gnarly, you know? It's just, we're lucky it didn't decide to jump and trample us and kick and whatever. But they can be turned very easily by someone who, who knows what they're doing and can Use the bit, because the bit, it's like fish hooking the horse to go where you want it to go. They can be driven by something very small, even though they're very large. That they may convince or persuade the direction of the horse. That's what the bit can do. So where the bit goes, so does the horse. Also, ships, impressive size, driven by impressive winds, are easily manipulated by the size of the rudder. If you are to see a ship, like even like a giant ship, and you know, they pull it out, like they dry dock it or whatever, the size of the rudder that actually turns, it's way smaller than you would think. Because it's going one direction, and it just takes a little bit of a change to turn the whole thing. Right in the back, you, you know, change direction, the whole thing goes. It doesn't take much to manipulate the ship, even though it's very large, very powerful, the tongue is like that. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how, little, how uh, great a forest, a little fire kindles. The tongue is small, but it boasts great things. It can, it can cause great issues, great problems. Um, I was, you guys know I grew up in the Inland Empire, San Bernardino. Um, years ago, it was actually 2003, my friend, uh, they were the caretakers of Campus Crusade, which is off Old Waterman Canyon Road, going up the 18, um, lowlands, like not, not nearly up to Arrowhead, but on the way up to Arrowhead. And um, they, so they were caretaking it while they're trying to sell it. Giant place, hotels, all kinds of stuff. Um, and we would go up there and we would just do whatever. It was super fun. We were actually making, at the time, a cops video, which, you guys seen cops? We would make these, fake cops videos. And we were just having fun, whatever. And so uh, we'd spent the night there. And then one of our friends went back down. He had to grab something from his house. And then he was going to bring up donuts for us. And all of a sudden, we get a phone call from him. And he says, hey, I can't get back up, dude, there's a fire. Look out the window or look outside. And we come outside and we look and the hills on fire. The fire was actually started right by where we were when I say we were doing whatever we wanted, it was not starting fires. But all of a sudden, we saw a hill not too far away completely on fire. The hill, it it comes over. We find out that the gate or the entrance where we were going to go out was now taken up in flames. It was working its way across the canyon and right to where we were. And we're like, oh, no. Uh, My friend's dad, who had already survived the Panorama Fire in the 80s, by laying down in the grass with sprinklers over his head. The wild man, you know? Uh, Like, dude, just leave, you know? But uh, he said, hey guys, you're gonna have to go out this back exit, this like emergency exit through a dirt road, and he says, by the way, if the fire comes over the road, just drive through it. And I'm like, just drive through it? Like isn't my, my car's got gas in it, right? Like this whole thing's working off combustion. And I'm like, okay, so I got my friend in the car and he's filming the whole thing, watching me freak out. I'm like, we're just gonna drive through fire now, you know? Um, we ended up getting out, whatever, uh, did insane damage. It's called the old fire. And went all the way up to Crestline, down through Highland, through San Bernardino, $1.2 billion worth of damage. Where did it start? Arson. Guy took a flare, threw it into, a, into brush. One guy, one light, one, one flare. You know, he ended up getting charged for uh, five counts of murder and two counts of arson. And in 2013, uh, he was sentenced to the death penalty. I don't know what he was thinking, but I don't think he was thinking that would happen. It's kind of like, you know, think about like, the things you say, once they're out there, they're gone. Like a fire, you start a fire and it starts, it's gone. And it was a windy day and all of a sudden everything would, would go. We, we were trying to save my friend's house actually during this fire. And we were driving through, the police were blocking off streets for our safety. We knew how to get around it, which really smart, um, 20 at this time, right? Um, and we're driving around, getting around, getting around, getting around everything, and all of a sudden, we, we come up to the street, there's no one there, power lines are down, and there's just embers flying, and you'd see them hit leaves, light up, fence lights up. And we're trying to stomp them out, you know, because we're just like, there's people's houses here, there's no one here, everything's going up in flames. But it was like a losing effort because that fire had gone everywhere. So the guy who started it, there would be no way of him stopping it at this point. That's what happens with words. It's so easy to just burn and destroy everything with our words through the things that we can say. The tongue can ruin everything and it can ruin everything fast. So the power of the tongue, one, it can, it can result in a stricter judgment. We will have account for our, what we say. Two, the tongue has the power to do incredible damage. Verse six continues in this theme. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. The tongue is so set among our members or it's appointed or put in charge of the rest of our members. It reveals what's really going on. It stains the whole body. Like a fire... Once it spreads, it, you can't, it can be, it'll become bigger and bigger and you won't be able to stop it. Jesus spoke about the power of the tongue and what it really represents. It's not just the tongue. Because if we could go out and be like, I'm just gonna cut my tongue off, well, you still got thumbs and you can still text. And you, if you have social media, you could still do a lot of damage. And matter of fact, that will become more magnified now that your tongue is gone. Matthew twelve verses thirty three through thirty seven, Jesus said, "Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the treasure of his uh, out, of, out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things." But I say to you that every idle word men may speak that will give account for in the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. There is much more than, it's, you know, than our reformed behavior. We, we need more than like reformed behavior. This is a renewed and reborn nature. Old man, how in the world, if you have nothing but bad in you, it's going to come out of you. If everything in you is not good, it's going to come out of you. If you're slanderous and you're, you, know, you don't like you know, angry and mean and covetous, that is what is going to come out. But we're called and made, to be made new in Christ to be those that don't have rotten inside, but are renewed inside, that are born again, that we've been washed and cleansed, and that God is now working in us a new nature, a new life, a new hope, new values. Verse seven, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Beasts, birds, reptiles, fish, all of it. This is, uh, this is like basically the same list as in Genesis chapter one, when God is saying rule and subdue the land. Genesis chapter one, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, here's one job, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this is part of where God has made us in the image of God to do really great things. And maybe you can see that around you. I don't know about you, but whenever I see like a lion tamer or something, it stresses me out or people messing with like venomous snakes, I'm just like, I don't wanna watch, I don't wanna watch you die, man. Like, you know, like, stop, you know? Like, that's a lion, dude. Like, that's a tiger. Like, oh, it's my friend. I'm good with it, you know, whatever. You're like, I had a cat, you know? And like, that thing would, you'd be petting it, you know, it'd be be good. And then middle of the night, it's like, whack, you know, just jumps on you you're like, you're trying to kill me. And I feed you and I I clean your litter box, you know? Tiger's a cat, lion's a cat. But it's it's wild what we are able to tame. And to have, you know, you see these giant beasts, you go to the circus or you go to the zoo or whatever, and you could see that there's like a relationship that we had with animals. That can be done, but yet can anyone tame the tongue? The touch of tongue is much smaller, yet way harder to tame than the beast because it shows what's going on inside. No man can, that's the idea. What does it say? No man can tame the tongue. No man or woman can tame the tongue on their own, but a man or a woman under the power of the Holy Spirit can grow and should grow in maturity of how we use our tongue. It's more than the tongue, it's a symptom of the soul. Like a, a tongue that's always smashing and putting down, it's like, then we haven't realized our place as image of God, created in his image. For what? To do God, like stuff for him, that he would partner with, that we would partner with him in. Man was created in the image of God and has the capacity to do amazing things, to bring order from chaos, to promote human flourishing, and to destroy it. And it's really interesting because a lot of the technology that we have, it's like a razor's edge. Think about like things like the internet. Great things, also terrible things. Something like nuclear power. Like that can be used for a lot right? It can be used to promote or to destroy. And in the wrong hands, it could be to destroy a lot of really bad, or a lot of people, innocent people that had nothing to do with it. We have power in our hands, but it's got to be brought under, under submission and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because if the inside does not change, the mouth doesn't change. That's it, the tongue does not change. If you're a miserable person and you don't like seeing people do well, you're going to figure out every chance you can get to pull them down and drop them down, knock them down. To bring them down to your level, or at least you think so. There's power in a weight that we hold. And we're accountable for our actions. That's what James has been talking about when he says, you know, like your your works are revealing that you don't have the faith you thought you had even the demons believe and tremble do you have a fear of god like for those of you who are teaching flippantly and manipulating and all that there's no fear of god the demons are better off than you in some sense cuz they actually fear god they get it not better off really but you know they they at least have a better understanding the tongue is crazy. Like, think about this. Hitler was a convincing orator. <laughs> like, the way he could speak, like, the, what he would say, he'd get people behind him. He, he would make such a case against, it was unbelievable what he was able to do. Like, politicians, poets, pastors, we have the ability to use our, our our speaking and what we say and the way we move people either towards god or away from him and that's like that's really what this is all about like what are we about what are we trying what are we doing with what we've been given this life and and the microcosm of this life the tongue proverbs 18:21 death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You know what is one of the best things you could possibly do is to encourage someone. Or if you see something in someone, is to speak something into the life and say, not like in a weird sense, like, you know, whatever, but encourage them. Like, I see value in you. I see God has put this in you. And I see like, that you have a role in this. Have you thought about this? Or, um, you know what? I feel, like, I feel like this, you know, you've been such an encouragement to me. Do you know you're an encourager? Did you know that? Did you know that you're, whatever, that you have, the, you have the gift of leadership? Did you know that? And you know what's interesting is you tell someone something like that, you watch, you'll talk to them and they'll be like, hey, I really need to talk to you. And they're like, what's, what's up, what's up? And you say something like that and what, what happens? All of a sudden, Smile. Wow. You see that? We're able to build. Or, you know, the opposite, to tear down, to destroy. A lot of people have left a lot of churches because of how they were treated by people, other people. Or, man, they were really, whatever. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're all gonna be let down. Someone's gonna mess up here, and they have, which is... We, we're okay with that. You know, it's just like part of it, right? But how do we want to use what we've been given to build or to tear down and destroy? Because the, the, the goal here is not uh, to like go and take like a vow of silence. For the rest of my life, I am, you know, never going to speak Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, how do you hear unless something is said and spoken? We see the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, going and speaking everywhere they went. Jesus was speaking. It's not, the, it's not speaking that's the problem, but it's speaking without, uh, without being under submission to God without being filled with the Holy Spirit and just going off and doing whatever we wanna do and then taking the shortcuts to manipulate and to make it all about us. And here's the tricky part. It's not all black and white. It's not like all, well, you know, this part, this person is either this and this one's that. We often find ways of mixing it all in. That's why we're constantly like, Lord, search my heart, search my heart, search my heart. Is this really what the message is about? Is this really the point? Or are you trying to make a point? I've done that before. Where you're like, you're annoyed with something and you're like, ooh, that kind of comes up in scripture right here. Kind of. Main point. <laughs> Be careful. It's not what it is. Call it what it is. If it's something God wants you to know, he'll, he'll reveal it. But it's the best place we can understand is the context of scripture. And the best way that we can use our... our, our uh, Voice or our mouths or our lips is in the context of what God wants us to do with it. What do we know for sure that He wants us to do with with our lips? Praise, praise, bring praise to Him. What else? Pray. What else? Give the good the message, the good news, the gospel. Share, talk about what God's done in your life. What else? Encourage one another, build one another up. Edify the body. God has called us to use our tongue. It could be for death, or we could choose death, or life. So the goal, again, is not like, I just got to be quiet. Although sometimes being quiet is a good thing. Like, we could probably all be better at being a little quieter, you know? Most of us. Introverts, you guys are, you know, full Introverts. You guys could talk a little more because you're the wise ones, or at least we think you are. But uh, no, but it's like one of those things where you're like, all right, Lord, change my heart and help me to use what I have for your glory. Because you, know really, you know what's really fun? Is, is encouraging people, is seeing someone, is making someone's day. being used by God to encourage someone to walk with him closer. Okay, verse 9. So here's, here's, here's what this looks like as far as in how we use our tongue. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? We see, the tongue was what it was intended to do, which is to bless our God and Father, and then what it ends up doing. And he's saying, this ought not be so. Proverbs 15, four, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue, it's like a tree of life. It like, it just, it blesses everyone around. It's like, it's just full of life but perverseness in the tongue breaks the spirit. Some years ago, um, right after I'd gotten saved, a friend of mine was dating. Um, this is a self, I, you're gonna look down on me after this one, but that's okay. You'll probably already do. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully. Uh, but um, a friend of mine was dating this girl and we weren't, you know, friends, you know, the guys... When they're, di- you just, I don't know about this girl, right? Because it's like, you know, we used to do whatever all the time. And now all of a sudden, you know, where are you, bro? And he's like hanging out with her. They got married anyway. But uh, we had had a baseball game. And afterwards, we, were all, we all went to Jack in the Box for the healthy choice uh, in San Bernardino. And we're all just hanging out. And um, uh, they're not there. And we decide, for whatever reason, someone brings her up, and uh, and it's me, two other friends, and then my our other friend's girlfriend that's there, and so we just start going. And I knew, I mean, I just become a Christian, and I knew, you know, you don't, you should not do this. Do you know the you know the warning signs? It's like you should not be saying this right now. But I said, never mind i mean, jack-in-the-box. I'm way past warning signs here on this one because uh, I just ate like $10 worth of jack-in-the-box, which in 2001 was a lot, you know? Uh, and so we just blew right past that, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't, we, we all just started saying all the things we didn't like about her, and we don't, you know, she's not, she's not good enough for him. She seems like she's fake. Oh, you know, the whole thing. Probably 45 minutes worth. Then I got a phone call. And it was from my friend, and he's crying. And I was like, I knew something, something was really bad. And he's like, you're he's like, you know, the girl that was there, her phone called her phone. And 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 it and it she heard the whole thing. She sat there with her parents, by the way, for some unknown reason. And they listened to the whole thing. I'd be like, if someone starts, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to know. I'm just gonna fight you when I see you. Uh, but um, sat there and listened to the whole thing, and he was and he was broken, and and I just and I just I felt terrible. But like it was one of those feelings of like the forest fire that had started and went out. There was no way to wrangle it back in. There was no way, and so uh, I, what I did, I wrote her a letter. One of my friends was like, "I'm not writing her. I meant what I said." And I'm like, "You're never gonna get married," uh, and um, and and I and I, because I was like deeply grieved, and I just was. But what do you do? You own it, but you like. It was just like the worst. Anyway, long story short, the relationship was totally healed, um, and it's you know still still friends with her to this day but it was there's still something in me that didn't heal. Where I'm just like, man, you, you ruined not just hers, but his, like that's just, that's just such a bummer. It was just like the worst feeling. And then, you know, after that, you'd be like, when somebody would start talking about something, you'd be like, check your phones. And you're like, oh, check your heart. <laughs> wait, check your phones, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, go for it. Because I believed that somehow God could call them, you know, because I don't know what happened. Um, anyway, her name started with an A. I think that was the problem. And anyway, the, it was the Nokia phones where you, you know, there was no, you didn't close them and before the, never mind, dating yourself. Uh, but the, this was it, was, it was devastating. And I, you started to feel the hollowness of like, what you can do with your mouth. And I just become a Christian. I was so excited to worship God. I wanted to do all of that. And then you do that? Cause devastation with what you've been given. This is clearly an issue that James is writing to. Remember, this this wasn't written to us. This was written to a, a people at that time. We get to get a lot from it too, because it was written by the Holy Spirit through James that we can all glean from. But this is a real thing that was going on. It was an issue then, and it's an issue now. And it's to be taken seriously. I mean, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, it's hypocrisy in our life. And there's nothing about hypocrisy that feels good so our actions, and in this case, our actions are our words align with what we say that we believe. So I believe that I'm supposed to promote life and hope and truth and encouragement, but then you do that? I'd like to say that was the last time I ever did something like that, but it wasn't. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm serious, right? The tongue has the power, the part three, power of the tongue. The tongue has the power to promote life or death. Humans are capable of both. God has given us a lot of autonomy in that. We can choose what to do with what we've been given, with the resources that have been given to us. I'd say let's choose life. Verse 12, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt and uh, salt water and fresh. Again, a symptom that there's something wrong. There's the, the fruit is not matching up with the root. It's not working together. It doesn't make sense. Like, how can you say that that's an olive tree when it's got figs on it? And, it's, and then he says, thus no... No, uh, no spring yields both salt and fresh water. If there's salt water and there's fresh water mixed together, it's all salt water. The purity is gone. You might be saying, oh, it's a little less salty than the other. It's still salt water. You still don't want to drink it. You still, if you're looking for a pure, really clean glass, it's not salt water. When we were in Europe doing mission trips, they would, always, we would be, I would just be looking for just some water, I was always thirsty, and everything was sparkling water. Why? You know, that was before it was big here. You're just like, "I'm thirsty. I don't want something to burn my throat when I'm drinking it." Oh, good, it's room temp. Even better. Adding good doesn't really have the effect we'd hoped on on the bad. We add some good to it. I'm going to add some good to this. It's like you have soap in the bottom of it. Well, I'm going to add a bunch of water to it and I can drink it. You don't want to drink that. It's soap in it. So the power of the tongue, number four, the tongue has the power to reveal what we really believe. It gives fruit. You say you're, a, you're an olive tree, but you're a fig tree. Or you say you're a fig tree, but really you're an olive tree. Because that's what's coming out. And at the end of the day, whatever the fruit is, that's what the tree is. And this is a faith that cannot save. Remember we talked about faith and works? You know, there's faith, there's There's works. This faith, what kind of faith can save you? This is a faith that can't save because it's a decision to stick with the old man while claiming the new. You know what, this is off off limits. It's just the way it is. You know, I say, I just speak my mind, you know? And you're like, oh, okay, that's good. But like, is it redeemed? (laughs) Is there any room for God to have? That's like a, it's like a symptom. Shows that there's a problem. It's not about perfection, by the way. None of this is about perfection, but it's about a value for growth. What is my response? Am I maturing and becoming more like Christ in the way that I speak? Do I sense the need to be further sanctified or surrender? Like, did it, Or is the conscience gone? That's a scary thing, right? Like, I used to, I used to feel bad. Now I don't feel bad anymore. In 1 Peter 3 10 and 11, it's actually reemphasizing a quote from Psalm 34, which is For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You want to love life? You want to see good days? Sure up the tongue. It can only be done by the Holy Spirit moving in, in us and transforming us and changing it. But it starts with, it's, it's a values thing. You know, he's like, oh, I just won't say this anymore. Well, you won't say it until you're in pressure or under stress or hit your thumb with a hammer really hard. But it's, the, it's, the, it's more like the, you know, this person wronged me. What do I do about it? Do I defame them and ruin their life? Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. I like that. Seek peace and pursue it. Go for it, all in. Choose to seek. Man, God, I want my whole life to be pure. To be at peace with who you've called me to be. That I'm like on the same track. I'm not off. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Made new in Christ. Christ. And now he's working in me, these fruits. The tongue is a powerful tool that can be used for great good or great evil depending on who holds it. Again, we're not called to a life of silence, but a tamed and useful tongue inspired and filled by the Holy Spirit. He's called us to to subdue it, to rule and subdue it, to harness it by the power. He gives us the ability to do it. And he gives us the want to do it and the desires to love people to do it, to use it for good things, not bad. We're called to live consistently with those things we say we believe in, in the hope and the promise of Jesus, and and the fact that we've been given the Holy Spirit. So we choose to, as it talks about in Galatians, walk in the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Who calls the shots? the flesh or the spirit? Does the old man start, still reign and rule supreme, or do we let the spirit of God uh, indwell and change us from the inside out? So again, the power of the tongue, four things. The, pow- the tongue has, can result in receiving a stricter judgment for those who, who teach, those who speak, especially those who manipulate or, or handle wrongly the word of God. Second, The tongue has the power to cause incredible damage. See how great a fire, a little spark and ember tongue can cause. The tongue has the power to promote life or death. We can bless God and praise God and encourage those who are created in the image of God. We can be be used for amazing things for ministry. We can use our, our mouths to speak truth and good news to the world that desperately needs to hear it. Our words can be seasoned with salt, that we can be full of grace, that we can know how to answer each one, that we could redeem the time. Or fourth, the tongue, also the tongue has the power, the fourth one, the power, tongue has the power to reveal what we really believe, where we're really at. You say you're a fig tree, you're an olive tree, producing olives. You say you're this, you're really not that, because that's not what's coming out. And so it's a, it's a warning sign. It's the check engine light. What is going on in my heart? And again, if what you take out of this message is, okay, got to fix that, got to fix that, got to fix that, got to fix that, missing the point. We're not going to get there. We fall, we fall down afresh at the feet of Jesus and Repent. We say, Lord, here is where I'm at. I have allowed the old man to come in or the ways of the world, or I've, I've loved gossip because I'm a so- I love soap operas, you know, like in drama, you know, whatever. Make your whatever, anyway. Whatever it is, and we just go, Lord, here is where I'm at. This is where I'm, I'm at, and I, and I have not even tried to tame my tongue for a long time. And yet, I, I realize what it's doing is revealing what's really going on inside of me, and I don't like that, but the only one that can change that is you. So I surrender to you again and say, come and cleanse me and make me new so that my whole body changes, my whole, all of me changes, and with it, my tongue, the things I say, the way I see people, and I use it as a tool for good and not for evil. Tongue has like great, great power. And it's like, it's, it's meant to be used. But it's something to be taken really seriously, right? Let's pray. Let's ask God for that, for help. Lord, we need your help. We can't do this alone. We can't, we can't do it alone. We, it, is, uh, it is too easy to revert to our old selves it's too easy to use our tongue to hurt when we've been hurt or felt hurt or wronged instead of, to be, instead of being ambassadors uh, of peace and those who are speaking hope into situations and truth in love. So help our words to, be, uh, to line up with the hope that we say we believe in. Let us believe that. Lord, and, and fill us with your Holy Spirit, because it's walking in the Spirit. Only you can do it. Walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh, we want to walk in the Spirit so that we won't fulfill the, the, the lusts of the flesh. So, God, fill us anew and afresh with your spirit. And Lord, help us to surrender the parts of us that are holding on, the, the things that are we know don't belong, and they're they're out, outside of alignment with who who we are and what we're supposed to be about. Thank you for this church. I thank you for these people. They're so valuable, Lord, but we pray we be a church that's encouraging to those around us that bring life everywhere we go by the words we say and the lives that we live. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for the fact that none of this is possible without Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, taking on all of our old man and all of that mess Sin, shame, guilt, death. And then as he rose again, we too get to rise again anew in Jesus. In him. And now we're filled with the Spirit with the power to do, to, to go out now and do the ministry, to be a part of what he's been doing since the beginning, what God's been doing, continuing in that. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us in person, head over to steadfastcarlsbad.com for more info. God bless.